For this episode, we're going way back. This is May 2006. This is the first time in my life that I ever felt so much pressure that I was like shaking. Um, you guys are going to laugh. So this is golf. Yes, golf. All right. So I'm 17 years old. I'm a junior in high school. And like golf at the time pretty much meant the whole world to me. See, because I was like, you know, a kind of upper middle class kid. I didn't have to work in high school. And like, as one kid on my team said, golf, golf is pretty much Sean's job. And like, you know, I wasn't really liked that much by my teammates, which we'll get back to in a minute. But I was very serious about golf. I was a decent basketball player for a while, but then I kind of switched over to playing more golf at about age 14 once I realized that I wasn't very strong, athletic, or that good at basketball. So here we are playing golf. And I was very, very, very serious about it. Probably practiced four to six hours a day in the summer, you know, maybe two hours a day even in the winter in, you know, domes and with this little putting thing I had in my basement. And, you know, wanted to play in college, wanted to play professionally. Um, I was very good in high school. Uh, I was, well, at the time I was a junior, we had a senior who was basically about equal to me, just about as good. Um, and so we are in the sectional tournament, right? And um, you have the sectional tournament and then you have state tournament. And I had not made it to state tournament uh, when I was freshman or sophomore. And um, the way it works is usually there is, so there's one team, there's like 10 high schools, 10 teams in each section roughly, and only one of the teams makes it to the state tournament. And then in addition to the team that makes it, you have individuals. So there'd be like six individuals maybe that, um, that make it out of like the, you know, I don't know, 60, 70, 80, whatever it was. So one team makes it in six individuals. There was this other team in our section that was like super good. They were a bunch of all-stars, so we weren't going to beat them. So they were the team that was making it. Uh, but then out of the six individuals, I was in a tie for the sixth spot. Okay. Because we, um, we, we, it's two rounds. You play two 18 hole rounds. And then at the end of the two 18 hole rounds, they take the, the guys who have the six best scores. And so I was in a tie. It was me and two other kids in a tie for the sixth spot. And so we're going to have a sudden death playoff, okay? So sudden death playoff meaning that, you know, you have 18 holes in a golf course, but you're just going to have me and these two other guys play hole by hole. And if one of us makes a better score than the other two, that person advances, et cetera, et cetera. You get it, right? And really, like, we probably had like, you know, 100 people out there watching me and these two other guys. You know, my teammates were watching. But my teammates like really probably weren't even rooting for me because I was that kid who was kind of just like a, like a D-bag, for lack of a better word. You know, kind of like took myself too seriously. I still kind of am like that. Like I'm probably a bit higher than average on the narcissism spectrum. I'm just a bit more aware of it now. Which I think, by the way, is like a key to life. Just kind of understanding who we are deep down. And even if we're not able to like solve it, just don't deny it. Uh, you know, having an understanding of any issue is the first way to solving it. But anyway, so here we are, me at 17 years old, standing out there in this sudden death playoff with these bunch of people watching. And, you know, if you don't know that much about golf, that's okay. But we hit the first, uh, well, okay, how did it go? So I hit the, the tee shot into a bunker and hit a bad shot out of the bunker, had like 100 yards left for my third shot. This is a par four. And so the third shot, I hit a really good shot. I hit it to like six feet away. And so that was going to be my par putt, a six feet putt for par. Okay. And the other two guys had wound up with like a 20 foot putt and a 10 foot putt for par. So I was in the advantage at this point. I was kind of in the driver's seat. Like I had started the hole in a bad spot because I went in the bunker, hit a bad shot out of the bunker, but then somehow both of them had kind of screwed up and they had 
20 and 10 feet for par. And so like a six foot putt, if you don't play golf, it's a putt that like a good golfer will make probably about half the time. A professional golfer will make it probably 70 or 80% of the time. Like a good amateur player will make it about half the time. And so really it wasn't expected that either of these guys was going to make their putts because usually you don't make a 20 foot or a 10 foot putt. Um, 10 foot putt you might make 20% of the time, maybe 30 if you're a really good player. But anyway, so this kid steps up and he makes his 20 foot putt. He makes the 20 footer. And if I would have been really good, I would have been like Tiger Woods and I would have been expecting the whole time that my opponent was going to make that putt. So anyway, he makes the putt. Obviously the crowd goes wild, which means that me and this other kid have to make our putts in order to stay alive in order to advance to the next hole. And um, so the other kid steps up and he, he has his 10 foot putt. He doesn't make it. He misses it. So he's out. So I then have to make this six foot putt to extend the playoff, to make it to the next hole. Otherwise I'm out. And this is a big deal for me. Like I've been working for this for a while, right? And see, the thing about it is though, is I don't really understand how to handle pressure very well at this point in terms of breathing. Does that make sense? Because Whatever we're doing in life, when we, when we learn how to breathe through certain things, that's going to help us immensely to handle pressure. So it's getting into a more parasympathetic state. It's slowing down your breathing. This is what people talk about all the time. If you're feeling stressed at work, if you're feeling stressed in your day-to-day life, etc. If you can figure out how to slow down your breathing, breathe from the diaphragm deeply into the stomach, really slow down that breathing, it's going to help immensely. And this is something that I didn't understand. I was still up there just like getting myself just really nervous about this, this putt and was just breathing too shallowly, like literally just kind of shaking because of the pressure. And so like what I could have done knowing what I know now is really step back and take a few really deep breaths just to calm down and to get into more of a parasympathetic state. And see, golf is one of those, it's a tricky one. It's one of those sports where it really is hard to handle pressure in it because unlike other sports, you're not moving all the time. Like in another sport, like in a basketball game, a football game, soccer game, whatever, you kind of just react to things. So there's not really much time to like think about it and you're kind of just moving fast and whatever. Whereas golf, you're just sitting there waiting. You're waiting waiting, waiting a minute, the other guys are playing, the other guys are playing, you just have a lot of time to think about things. And what I should have done during that time is slowed down my breathing, got into a more parasympathetic state, etc. And really, it's funny, because in modern life, so much of us spend more time in a sympathetic state, meaning we're not in a relaxed state, the parasympathetic is the relaxed and the sympathetic is the, um, the, you know, the, the fight or flight state, if I'm not mixing the two up. But anyway, and even let me tell you something, like, Even you sitting there on your cell phone or doing whatever you do in your day-to-day life, cell phones are a great example. I've noticed that when I'm on my cell phone a lot, I'm almost never in that relaxed state. I'm always in that fight or flight because what cell phones do is they keep our brains jumping from one thing to another so quickly and it kind of shallows out our breathing. Like it's very hard. If you're on your phone right now, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's maybe easier, but if you're doing anything else on your phone, if you're just like scrolling, if you're looking at messages or whatever, Try to breathe deeply when you do it. It's almost impossible. Your breathing is almost always more shallow when you're on your phone or your computer all day. And this is the world that we live in. We live in a world where we don't allow ourselves to get into that parasympathetic, relaxed state. There's also just like a a non-physiological element to things. Just, you know, well, we'll come back to that. But anyway, so here's me up there with this six-foot putt. So I'm shaking as I come up to the putt. I can't control my nerves, right? And I hit the putt. It wasn't that bad, but it didn't go in. I missed it. So I lost. 
So I was out, right? And of course, this was like the, the, the end of the world for me at the time because I'd been working so hard to make it to state and I was once again going to miss out. And of course, you're probably sitting there saying, dude, it was just golf. And I like, I know it was just golf, but golf to me at the time, it meant the world to me. It's funny just thinking about it now because my other friend who always tries to put things in perspective for me <laughs> and does the gun to your head analogy, like, is someone putting a gun to your head? Okay, then it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal that you missed your stupid putt and you didn't make it to the high school state golf tournament, blah, 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 blah. But at the time, that was, that was all I knew. That was all I wanted, right? And I always wanted to be someone who could handle the pressure well. But the funny thing is nobody actually really does it that well. I mean, they talk about like, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player ever. And then like the statistics will show that like, I think like he made like 38% of the shots that he took in the last minute of the game. You know, like even the people that look like they always handle the pressure well, they're kind of just still like average, you know? So yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, like at the time that for me was like the most important thing ever. And I would come to learn, you know, over the next 10, 15 years about some more of the real pressures of life where you get into real situations that could even cost you your life if you make the wrong move. Maybe more on that in some later episodes. But I would also kind of come to learn though that it doesn't even really matter that much if we fail or succeed, quote unquote, because for most of us, the joy of life is in the process itself and in the work that leads up to those moments rather than those defining moments themselves. You know, we kind of have all these these big moments that we think of during life, especially like if you're an athlete. If you're an athlete, this really makes sense because you work all season, all decade long to get to some big moment and then you might succeed, you might fail. But what we realize over time is that what it's really about is what it like on a day-to-day basis, what is life like, right? It's getting in that zone where you say, all right, today I'm working to be the best I can. Today I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. We really don't even care that much how successful we are at the moment, how much of a failure we are at the moment. Like if you wake up today and you put yourself in a good energy by doing things and working towards becoming something or working towards achieving something, it really doesn't matter if you have, you know, a billion dollars or zero dollars or or whatever it just kind of matters how you how you feel in the moment and the way you feel in the moment is determined by how hard you're working how how much you're driven to do that thing that you're doing like let me give you an example right now i'm doing this podcast i'm in a flow state as i'm recording this this podcast a flow state is defined as the rest of the world basically doesn't exist you're fully focused on the task at hand and whatever you can get into a flow state in in life that is is perfect because for me right now, I have a lot of issues in my life right now. For one, at the day that I'm recording this podcast, I barely have a job. Like I need to look for new sources of income, but it doesn't matter right now because right now I'm in the flow state of recording this podcast and everything else just kind of disappears. And you can apply that same principle pretty much at any point in life. It really doesn't matter on a moment by moment basis how successful or non-successful we are. It's all about just getting into the flow state more and more throughout your day working on the task that you're working on. And there also comes, well, this is why I advocate so much for like biohacking and physically understanding your body because you can be the richest man in the world or the poorest man in the world, but the poor man who has a body who looks and feels the way he wants 
all day long is going to have a better life than the rich man who has a body who is ailing, who doesn't feel good, doesn't look the way he wants. Like if you don't get your body right on a day-to-day basis, it just doesn't even really matter. The way that you feel minute by minute is going to always be more important than the money you have than the assets, the possessions you have, and the status that you have in society in terms of the way you feel on a day-to-day basis. I'm not saying you shouldn't have money. You should go after money. Money is very important. But you also should understand that the way you feel on a minute-by-minute basis is greatly impacted by the way you take care of your body. And so that's why if you follow this podcast, you know that I'm super, super into, okay, how are we moving our body? What are we eating? How are we sleeping? What are we doing on a day-to-day basis? Because that's really the most important thing. And success versus failure is just not actually that big of a deal the way that society traditionally defines it. But whatever. At the time, I didn't really know anything about that. I was 17 years old. I was playing golf. It happened. I failed. I felt terrible for the next, I can't remember how many days after. In the next chapter, we'll talk about another event that, you know, hurt me at the time. It was a big deal to me at the time and what I learned from it. But that's, that's the next chapter. Okay. We'll talk again soon. Love y'all. Peace.